we've been uh, taking some time here the last number of weeks in a series entitled The Gifts of Easter. And, and today being Easter Sunday, kind of the conclusion of our series and, and uh, the celebration of Easter, uh, had some gifts to give out to you. So good morning and a welcome to Alger Assembly of God. Welcome to Easter Sunday. We're excited that you are with us today. And again, the the title of our series has been The Gifts of Easter. Now, I'm not sure if this particular story is what's taking place back in kids' church today or not, uh, but you've, you've probably heard that on an Easter Sunday in a different church, not Alger Assembly of God, but in another church, a kids' church teacher was asking her class what Easter meant. She called on the first little boy who, who seemed to kind of know what it was. His, his eyes perked up. He said, Easter's when the family comes over to our house. She's kind of nodding her head thinking, okay, that sounds good. The family comes over to our house and we eat a big turkey. She's thinking, well, that, that could be the case. And we watch some football. And there's a big parade. And she says, no, I think you're thinking of Thanksgiving. She moves on to the, the next little kid. And this is a little girl, and, and she says, Easter's when you come down the stairs in the morning and you see all the beautiful presents out underneath the tree. And the teacher right, right about now is kind of hanging her head thinking, is what I'm teaching getting through to the kids? She says, no, I, I'm pretty sure you're thinking about Christmas. So the, the other one was talking about Thanksgiving. The other one was talking about Christmas. She said, Easter. Easter Sunday. Do we know what Easter Sunday is about? And, and one little boy kind of starts to raise his hand up and, and, and drops it down again and then kind of raises it up. He's not sure if he wants to answer. So she calls on this tentative boy. And she perks up as he begins to share this. Easter is when Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross. And she's smiling and beaming and, and she's nodding her head. And he continues that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. The teacher's smile's getting bigger. Her head keeps nodding. Not only did he die on the cross for our sins, but he was buried in a tomb. Oh, the teacher's just bursting. The, you know, what she's been teaching is getting through to somebody, and, and you know, she's just overjoyed. But the boy wasn't done. He continued and said, and then Jesus came out of the tomb. And she said, yes, he came out of the tomb, Easter Sunday. And, and he said, no, teacher, he came out of the tomb. And if he sees his shadow, we have six more weeks of winter. <laughs> she hung her head. <laughs> she said, no, uh, that's not quite right. He did get some things right. He got some things very right. It's about Jesus. And he did die on the cross. And it was for our sins. And he was placed in the tomb. And he did rise again. It's, it's not about the shadow part. But it's about Jesus. The message is about Jesus. Easter means that the tomb is empty. Jesus rose from the dead and the tomb is empty. And so this morning as we explore this, this final gift, if you would, gifts of Easter, we've, we've looked at things such as the crown of thorns, 
the crown of thorns that was placed upon Jesus and, and explored some of what that would mean. We looked at the nails that were placed into Jesus' hands and feet and, and explored how the gift of those nails was something for us. We looked at the curtain that was split in two, separating the holy place from the holy of holies and, and, and indicating that we've got an opportunity to come into the presence of God. And last time together we looked at the cross. What does the cross symbolize? What does that mean, the, the gift of the cross? But this morning we take a look. It's Easter Sunday. Yes, Jesus was crucified. Yes, he was placed in the tomb. But he rose again. That tomb is empty. And what, what in the world does that empty tomb have to say to you and to me? That's what we're going to be exploring this morning. So I invite you to Matthew chapter 28. If you've got your Bible with you, you've got a smartphone or tablet, Matthew chapter 28. And I'll be looking through this in the message translation. We'll also have many of these scriptures, particularly the Matthew ones, on the screen for you. And you can follow along. Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 1, it reads like this. After the Sabbath, as the first light of the new week dawned, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to keep vigil at the tomb. Suddenly, the earth reeled and rocked under their feet as God's angel came down from heaven, came right up to where they were standing. He rolled back the stone and then sat on it. Verse 3, shafts of lightning blazed from him. Other scriptures or versions or translations would say that his appearance was like that of lightning. His garments shimmered snow white. Verse 4, the guards at the tomb were scared to death. They were so frightened they couldn't move. Can you imagine if, if you were a guard? You were a living guard assigned to guard the dead. And now the dead has come back to life and scared the living to death. That's what's taking place here in Matthew chapter 28. Verse 5. The angel spoke to the women. There is nothing to fear here. That's almost always an angel's first words. Fear not. Don't be afraid. This morning I want to share with you a handful of thoughts. What does the empty tomb have to say to you and to me this morning? First of all, the empty tomb says this. There's nothing to fear. We just read about that in verse 5. The angel spoke to the women and said, There is nothing to fear here. Don't be afraid. I mean, we're all fearful of something. We're all scared of something. There, there's something that maybe keeps you up at night. There's something that you don't like to see. Just a few days ago, we were uh, getting ready to go to bed, go to sleep, and Kim jumps. 
her head about hits the ceiling as she about just, you know, does a, a Superman, Spider-Man and jump backward onto the bed. And she's pointing and she's saying, there, there. And I'm looking and I'm looking to see what kind of rabid, ravenous beast has entered into our bedroom. Could it be one of those wolverines, raccoons, possum? Possum was trapped in our backyard just uh, last week. Maybe, maybe a possum had gotten out and made its way into the bedroom. Or maybe it's a, a, a wild, crazy, wolf-like animal. I'm, I'm looking as she's pointing and she's on the bed. And she finally gets the words out and says, Centipede! Now you laugh, but some of you aren't real crazy about centipedes either. Now, of course, you know, I'm supposed to be, you know, the, the husband. I'm going to go take care of, of my wife. I grab a shoe in one hand, a mess of uh, toilet paper in the other, and, and I go banging around because I don't know where that thing's went. Has it gone into the closet? Under the bed? Behind a couple of boxes, so I'm, I'm banging on things, moving things. I mean, I'm not scared of them, but if that thing came out, I, I might jump a little. I mean, it's got how many feet, right? All kinds of feet, and they, they fast. Now, for you, it might not be a centipede. Kim's not crazy about centipedes. For you, maybe it's, I don't know, mice. Spiders. Don't look now. There could be a spider underneath your feet. Some of you didn't even like that. Mice, uh, spiders, uh, what? Darkness? A lot of people scared of the dark? How about heights? How, how many of you love heights? How many of you aren't real crazy about heights? Yeah? I mean, I've, I've done. You know, all those different uh, roller coasters and, and crazy rides and, and through many years of youth ministry, I mean, we've got hours and hours and rides upon rides and, and even with our girls. I'll ride the roller coasters. It might not be the, the wisest thing for, for my back, but I've ridden roller coasters with, with my girls. And I double, triple, quadruple check my seatbelt and that harness that fits over your shoulder, right? I don't know about you, but when, when you're going almost straight up 90 degrees on the big first hill before the, you, know, you drop, you're going up, and, and you're just kind of looking heavenward, and you're hoping that you're not about to meet your maker. I'm pushing, pushing, double-checking, triple-checking, making sure that my harness is secure. I'm not sure what I would do if it wasn't. That would be a huge amount of fear. But I, I don't like heights. If I'm strapped in and harnessed in, then I feel, okay, I can probably make it through a couple minutes. I don't know what it is that you face. I don't know what it is that's fearful for you. But what we just read the angel spoke to the women and said, there's nothing to fear. Why? Because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. That tomb is empty. 
Now, you think about these women. They, they had gone to the tomb at the first light of the new week had dawned. So they're basically traveling on the road in the dark, going to a cemetery. Does that sound pretty cool for most of you? How many of you would love to have done that at like 5 o'clock this morning? Pitch black, go hang out in the cemetery where dead people are. They're, they're going to see the tomb where Jesus Christ, who had died, was buried. In the midst of all that, then you've got the angel, you've got this, this earthquake and blasts and shafts of lightning. That probably was scareful, uh, fearful to them. The angel's first words, fear not, don't worry, there's nothing to fear here. I don't know what it is that might be fearful for you. But I want to encourage you with the fact that Jesus Christ, he conquered death and hell and the grave as he rose from the dead. I mean, those are some pretty fearful things. We, we don't like to think about or to face the prospect of death for ourselves or for a loved one. And Jesus Christ conquered that. There's nothing for you and I to fear. We don't need to be scared of or fearful of the situation that we're facing. No doubt in a place like this, there's a lot of difficult financial situations. And, and you're fearful of what's going to happen in this situation in finances. I want to encourage you, that through Jesus Christ, he wants to be with you, to help you, to encourage you to face that financial situation. There's nothing to fear here. Relationships that we struggle with, the physical health in our bodies that we struggle with, many that face situation after situation, doctor visit, test and, and struggle after struggle, the, the situations that we face in our health struggles, the encouragement from the Lord is there's nothing to fear here. Maybe some of you, you've got questions about your future. You're wondering, what in the world is my future going to be like? Who's going to be in that future with me? And, and what's that job situation going to look like in the future? All this uncertainty about the future you're worried about, fearful about. Nothing to fear with Jesus Christ. For some of you, maybe it's not so much about your future as it is about your past. You're worried about your past kind of catching up to you. Stuff that you thought you had buried. Stuff that you thought people didn't know about. If they figured it out, if they found out, if it came to light, what would happen? What would become of you? What would people say? So your future or your past. There's many different things that we face, that we struggle, that are fearful to us. But there's nothing that we need to fear. It doesn't mean that what we face is nothing. It means that there's nothing to fear. Certainly the, the, the situations that we face, 
we're not minimizing them. And we're not facing them in our own strength. Now, me facing a centipede, I would face that in my own strength. I, I would take my physical presence and my body uh, against a tiny little centipede, even though it's got me outnumbered in feet. I, I, would, I would take that battle, right? But everything else that you and I face, our financial issues, our, our relational issues, our past, our present, our future, our health issues, we don't face them in our own strength. We're able to face them in the power and in the strength of Jesus Christ. It was the angels who said to the ladies, to the women, there's no need to fear. There's nothing to fear here. The angel of the Lord was there. And the encouragement to you and the encouragement to me is that God is with us. His presence is with us. Jesus Christ is not in a tomb. His power and his presence are there to be with you and I. Very similar to why the psalm writer in a very familiar psalm, Psalm 23, wrote this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Does David finish that sentence and say, I will fear no evil because I, David, am the best. I'm the greatest shepherd. I'm the strongest. I'm the most uh, incredible man ever. And so I don't need to be afraid. That's not how David finished that sentence. He said, even though you might walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou, for you, God, for you are with me. It's his power and it's his presence that is with David. It's the angel's presence and encouragement with the women. And for you and I, the encouragement is Jesus Christ, his power and his presence is able to be with you and I in the situations that we face. We don't need to be fearful. There's nothing to fear. We face a lot of different situations. And we rattled off a bunch of them here in just the last few moments. But we don't need to fear because God has promised to be with us. He's not necessarily promised to remove the hard times. Although, I'd sure love that. I think you'd probably be down with that too. To never have to face a hard time. God's word does not say you'll never face hardship, you'll never face difficulty. What it does say is this, he's promised to be with us even in the midst of that. One of the very last verses in this chapter, Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Jesus' words, he says, surely I'm with you always even to the end of the age. So the empty tomb, it's not just empty to say, wow, there's nothing there. The encouragement is, it speaks to us and says, the empty tomb means there's nothing for you and I to face or to fear. Secondly, the empty tomb says this, Jesus can be trusted. In verse six it reads, 
He is not here. He was raised just as he said. Angel still speaking to the women. He's not here. This tomb is empty. He has risen just as he said. That empty tomb means Jesus can be trusted. So what did Jesus say? When did he say it? Mark chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. These we don't have on the screen for you. But verse 31, it says this. Then he, Jesus, began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and then he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Chapters before, well before this crucifixion, and burial and resurrection, Jesus is speaking, and on multiple occasions, right here in chapter 8, he's saying, the Son of Man, he's speaking about himself, is going to be rejected, killed, but after three days rise again. Jesus was saying that well in advance. Mark chapter 9. Jesus was teaching his disciples, verse 31, he said to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days, he will rise. Yet another instance, one chapter later, Mark 8, Mark 9, and now Mark 10, verse 33 and 34, he says, we're going to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and teachers of the law, they will condemn him to death, hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. These are some pretty specific things that Jesus is saying. Mocked, flogged, put to death, rise again after three days. And yet he did everything he said. As we read in Matthew, the angel saying, he's not here. That tomb is empty. He is risen just as he said. Now, you and I, I'm sure we've got that person that we know. And if they're in this sanctuary right now, you're not going to look at them. Because you don't want them to know that you're thinking about them. But you know, and I know, that there's somebody that comes to mind that when they tell you they're going to do something internally, or sometimes externally, you kind of roll your eyes and think, well, that'll be the first time. Because there's a person, maybe more than one, who they tell you they're going to do something. It could be a family member. It could be somebody at the job. And they tell you, I'm going to do this. And you can just about mark your clock. You can just about mark it down on the calendar and say, not going to happen. Maybe you've got that friend who says, I'm going to, yeah, let's, let's hang out tonight. We're going to meet at 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock. Okay, I'll be there. And in your mind, you're thinking, if they're there by 8, it'll be a miracle if they're there at all. Or maybe you've got that friend who uh, 
Maybe you're, you're out to eat or out shopping, and they're a little short on money, and they say, oh, can, can you lend me some money? I'll pay it back. He, you've got a friend like that? They say, I'll pay it back. And internally you're thinking, not so sure. You know when it comes to family, or you know when it comes to friends, or you know when it comes to coworkers, you, you just know there are some people, when they say it, you can count on it. Unfortunately, there's, there's some other individuals, when they say it, you can't count on it. When it comes to Jesus Christ, he can be trusted. He can be counted on. This wasn't something little that Jesus followed through on, although we like it when people follow through with little things, right? Jesus followed through on the big things. Everything he said came to pass. Mocked, mistreated, spat upon, arrested, flogged, killed, rose again after three days. Not just the little things that he followed through on that he could be trusted in, but some of the big issues of life. And the encouragement of that empty tomb, it says to you and it says to me, the very things that we're facing, we're saying, I'm not sure, can I trust this Jesus? The answer is yes. You can trust in him. You can rely upon him. You can count upon him. His power, his presence, his promises. What he says is going to come to pass will come to pass. You and I are able to trust in and count upon him. Many times you and I... We're faithful in maybe the little, but struggle in following through with the big. Or maybe the opposite. Sometimes we really follow through with the big things, but we let the little things kind of fall by the wayside and forget about them. Little or big, it, it doesn't matter. Jesus Christ has followed through and fulfilled every single one of them. We can count and trust on Jesus Christ. Many people have, have said that Christmas is the promise and Easter is the proof. I like that. Christmas, we, we talk about Jesus coming to earth and, and we talk about the fact that he loved us so much he came to earth to, to be one of us. Incredible promise but ultimately he came so that he might die on the cross for our sins what was promised in Christmas has come true and we see the proof and the results here in Easter Jesus can be trusted the empty tomb says that there's nothing to fear about what we face and that Jesus can be trusted Finally this morning, what does the empty tomb say? The empty tomb says that the Easter message is for you. 
This Easter message is for you. Check it out back again in Matthew 28, verse 5. The angel says this, I know you're looking for Jesus, the one they nailed to the cross. The angel says, I know that you're, you're looking and that you're searching. Maybe that describes you this morning. You're searching for something. You're, you're trying to fill that void. You're trying to fill that emptiness. You're trying to fill that longing in your life with, with something. You can find hope in the message of Jesus Christ. The angel says, I know you're looking. The women were looking for Jesus in the tomb. He wasn't there. The angel says, I know you're looking for Jesus, the one they nailed to the cross. This Easter message, is, it's about Jesus Christ. He is the one. As he himself would say in John chapter 14, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. There's no other way. There, there's a lot of good things that we can do in life. But so many people say, well, all roads and all paths will get you to heaven. Not the case. He is the one. He is the way. If you're looking, if you're searching, if you're trying to find something to fill that void and that emptiness, the Easter message of hope found in Jesus Christ is for you. So the angel says, I know you're looking. Jesus, he's the one. Verse 6, he's not here. He was raised. Come and look at the place where he was placed. All past tense. You can come look, see where he was. He was placed right here. He's no longer here. That tomb is empty. There's nothing to fear. Don't need to worry about or fear anything. You can trust him. Come and see how empty this place, how empty this tomb is. Then verse 7. Get on your way quickly and tell his disciples, he is risen from the dead. He is going on ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. That's the message. That's the message. What does the empty tomb say? Not just that there's nothing that we need to face or fear. Not just that we can trust in Jesus. The empty tomb says that the Easter message, hope found in Jesus Christ, it's for you. It's for me. It is for all of us this day. We're looking for all kinds of things. Yesterday and today, maybe you were anticipating or looking or hoping for thousands upon thousands of Easter eggs. We were sure hoping to provide that as well. If we'd have had a, a whole week of what it looks like outside right about now, maybe the weather-wise would have cooperated with that. So maybe you've been searching for eggs Maybe you've been searching for that, that new outfit for Easter. or Maybe you've been searching to try to tie up some loose ends about your future. 
job, house, spouse, vehicle. Whatever it is that you're looking for and searching for and seeking out, I encourage you with this. This Easter message, it's for you. It's able to fill that, that hole in your life. That we're trying to fill with all kinds of things. Many people try to fill that emptiness or fill that longing with all kinds of friends and all kinds of relationships. And the more friends or the more relationships, the better. And maybe that'll, that'll help take away this emptiness or longing or desire. Some people try to find it in, in power position, titles. Many people try to fill it in other ways. Maybe through alcohol or drugs or abuse. All kinds of things that we contend we try to, we try to throw at the emptiness. We try to fill up that hurt or fill up that longing. There's nothing that's going to fill that emptiness and fill that longing other than the message of hope found in Jesus Christ, the Easter message, this gospel message found in the word of God. I encourage you to, to search for more than eggs this Easter. Search for something that's going to last. It's great to color some eggs. The more eggs you color, the, the more egg salad maybe it means for some of you. <laughs> or maybe you, you take a whole bunch of hard-boiled eggs with you in your lunches. I don't know. Or you forget about them and then you, your nose lets you know they're still around somewhere. Maybe you didn't find everyone that was hidden in your house. Search for more than eggs. Search for more than candy. Search for more than that Easter outfit. Search for more than just family getting together on Easter Sunday. Search for something that lasts. Search for something of value. Search for Jesus Christ and find the results that will fill that emptiness and that longing in your life. What the angel said to the women... I challenge you and encourage you with. The angel said, I know you're looking for Jesus, the one. The one they nailed to the cross. He is the one. For you and I this morning, he is the one. The message of Easter, it's Jesus. What is it? It's Jesus. The word of God says that we have all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible also says that the wages of our sin, what it is that we earn from our sin, is death. How many of you want a paycheck of death? Not really. We like, we like the word wages, but typically followed by money and dollar signs. You get a check, you get, you get something put into your bank account, we, we like wages. The Bible says we've sinned. The wages of sin, what we earn as a result of our sin is death. The 
I'm thankful that scripture doesn't end there. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the message of hope found in Jesus Christ. God offers us that gift of eternal life through his son, Jesus. He did die upon the cross. He was the sacrifice for your sin and for my sin. He was placed in the tomb, but he rose again. And as a result of that empty tomb, as the angel said, you will see him again. There's power over death. There's power over the grave. That's a pretty powerful thought. Now, not every single one of us at some point in time, you've been impacted by a loss. A close friend, a family member. Many times that, that loss, it, it kind of shakes us, kind of stirs us to the core. We're encouraged by this fact. Through Jesus Christ and what he has accomplished, he has been able to overcome even the hurt of all that that faces. We don't have to fear if we've got a relationship with him. Jesus Christ can be trusted. What he says will come to pass will come to pass. And the Easter message, hope found in Jesus Christ, forgiveness found in Jesus Christ, that Easter message is for you and for me this day. <laughs>